Welcome to the Singers Unlimited podcast, a production of WBGO Studios. I'm Michael Bourne. We're going to be listening back on these shows through the WBGO archives. Some great interviews, some great performances from across the years of Singers Unlimited. Sweet and slow. Sweet and slow. That's Sweet and Slow, and that's a Harry Warren and Al Dubin song. Is that from one of the Busby Berkeley movies? Do you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you so know? So where did you see? Where did you first hear this song? That came my way from uh, Ehud Sherry. I always grew up, grew up hearing the Fats Waller version of that. Ah. Fats sang it. Okay, okay. I always have to tell this story, and I always hope it doesn't embarrass Hillary too much, <laughs> but... I went to Catano to hear Alexis Cole sing one night. And I'm sitting at the bar, and there's this pleasant, lovely woman sitting next to me, and we started talking, and a pleasant conversation, and the show started, and we watched the show, and as the show was over, Alexis walks up and says, oh, you two know each other? I said, well, well, now, hello. (laughs) I didn't know you were a singer. And I said, I was just, like, staggered by this, that you were a singer who was not hitting on me to play your record. You weren't handing me a demo. You weren't asking for a gig at Mohunk. And and, 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 and as a consequence of that, I really wanted to hear your album. And uh, and you gave it to me right then, and uh, we've been playing it on WBGO, and you ended up singing at Mohunk also. So, so, so it's just, I still, when I told you this, what it meant to me, you said, well, what did that make you feel? And I said, it endeared me. <laughs> so I will always have this endearing feeling for you, Hillary Gardner, because you didn't pitch yourself at me. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I don't know what, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's a cautionary to some folks. But 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 how did you two come together? Hillary and I have been playing together, I think, about 10 years now, right? 10 or 11. We uh, actually met through a mutual friend of ours named Whitney Ash, who was a piano player and a composer. And at the time, Hillary was doing uh, her classical recital at uh, Brooklyn College and uh, needed a piano player for to accompany her. And I was, you know, back about 10 years ago, I was studying a lot of classical music and, you know, just practicing my scales and arpeggios and playing the repertoire so uh, he kind of put us together and we did that together that was actually the first thing we ever did so what songs were you doing on your your recital what did what did we would you play we played some schumann and some yeah we did the the frau frauen liebe und leben cycle um there were some poulenc pieces so some french very jazzy impressionistic art songs um mon salvage this uh these five uh, cuban folk songs that he set to music. Needless, needless to say, I couldn't play any of that stuff now. But <laughs> <laughs> Nor could I sing it, but we have continued to make music together. You don't think you could sing it now? Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a muscle. It's a habit. The, the voice is used so differently stylistically. And um, I mean, I definitely still warm up classically and do it, but it's, it's been a long time. So you warm up. I mean, do you do like bel canto or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, I mean, it actually, I mean, are your chops different? Yeah. I mean, you use your throat and all that, and everything is different when you're singing classical as opposed to... Well, I mean, I think the the sort of the fundamentals of the technique, the principles that guide the technique are, are the same. Or those are consistent. But I think... You know, the tessitura is completely different. The music that, that I sing with Ehud now, these standards, they're all, they live in a part of the voice that's much closer to where I speak naturally. Um, it, it's just, it's stylistically so different um, that, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's a very different hat to wear. Carmen McRae, Billie Holiday, some of the greatest singers, they essentially were musicalizing the way they spoke. And Absolutely. Great storytelling. That's the way it works. So, yeah. so tell us a story. What do you got? <laughs> I'm not sure why we started doing this song. I think it just sort of suggested itself, and um, and it really went over. This is a tune that you don't hear people do very often, I think, live, but it's also, it has that rare quality of being a lesser-performed song, but it's also one that everybody knows and seems to what respond to. What song is to. it? This is called Make Someone Happy. In the 1950s, as you were trying to evoke, everybody sang that on every talk show and every variety show, and all the comedians sang it, well, besides Vic Damone and everybody else. Right, right. So here is Hillary Gardner <laughs> and Ehuda Sherry. Make someone happy Make just one someone happy Make just one heart the heart you sing to One smile that cheers you One face that lights when it nears you One man, you're everything to cheeks, the gold in your hair. The red on your cheeks, the gold in your hair, the blue in your eyes. That's Hillary Gardner and that's Ehuda Sherry. I used to be colorblind is my favorite song that Ella sings in all of the songbooks. Mm. Of all of the songbooks, that's my favorite track. No yeah. kidding. It's something about the way she sings that song and the arrangement of it all is just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And it's it's from uh, Carefree, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, yep. and it's the one where everybody insisted that they actually kiss. Exactly, right, yeah. And I heard... That was it, Fred Astaire. I don't know who it was, but it, that was supposed to be a Technicolor film, or that they, there had been a big push for that. So that was part of the genesis, anyway, of this tune, and that it wound up being a black and white film, anyway. Except there's there's Technicolor in that song. It's a dream sequence. Ah, there you have it. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's all about psychology and mm-hmm. dreams and whatnot. Hitting golf <laughs> balls while you're singing, also in that show. <laughs> well, it's what I do. When we were talking before, you were talking about classical singing. I mean, when you're studying that music, what career are you headed for? Well, I had no idea. I mean, I had a a waitress. I was doing a lot of waitressing. Um, No, I I really didn't know. I mean, I always had kind of followed those two paths um, in parallel, jazz music and standards because I loved them and and classical music because growing up in you know, in Alaska where I did, there was no jazz, but there was some pretty good classical instruction, actually some excellent classical instruction available. So I kind of always did both. And I always loved 
uh, I loved aspects of both, but in terms of where I wanted to live as a musician, there really was no question. Except not just in Alaska, but nowhere is there a mesro to sing Schumann leader in. I mean, True. I'd go down in some basement and, you know, whip out some Poulenc. Exactly. You know? I used to, I mean, you became ubiquitous for a while, it seemed to me. <laughs> You were with George G, and, and but not just him, but I just kept seeing your name popping up. And a lot of it was swing. Yeah, I, I kind of fell into that scene. And, you know, when I first came to New York, it was in 2003, and um, I was really, really green and hadn't done, you know, much of any gigging. It was the opposite of Ehud's experience. I mean, Ehud was hanging out and playing at Smalls as a, you know, 15-year-old, hanging out at Smalls playing until 6 in the morning. I mean, that didn't exist when I was growing up. So when I first came here, I, I didn't have, I, I certainly had not neither the confidence nor the knowledge or ability, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal in any way to pursue any kind of a career under my own name, but I wanted to learn as much as I could and meet people as much as I could. And I fell into a lot of sideman work, which I, I learned in the years hence that that is kind of unusual for a singer. So I was really lucky. How many folks, who, who names the folks you were playing with and singing with? Uh, when I first came here, I had the immense, immense good fortune to sing with Mike Longo's big band. And that was a huge, you know, huge gift because every one of the arrangements that I of his that he wrote for me was, you know, about 100 different music lessons bundled up into one tune. Uh, so I played with him. There were lots of, you know, private party kind of gigs that, that are just these functional sort of a wedding here, a cocktail party there, you know, and you meet a lot of different players from all over the place. I, so then you played all around New York, and hence, hence your first album, The Great City, which <laughs> celebrates New York. Right? Sure, yeah. Except that my favorite song on The Great City is about my hometown. Except it's about somebody who came from my hometown to, to what is now both of us. Right, yeah. I, I love that tune. I mean, uh, you came a long way from St. Louis. I love the that it, it's kind of one small town person recognizing another in, in the, the big ocean of a big city and kind of letting them know, I see exactly who you are because it's me too. Well, here's uh, Hillary and me too. Each of your wisecracks the columns have quoted is very amusing, but your press agent wrote it. You dine with Mrs. Joe and breakfast with Miss Brown You're wined and you're dined as the toast of the town They all want to fuss over you Don't they? You Casanova you You came a long way from St. Louis you do a lot of, you, well, not a lot, but you do Rogers and Hart songs, especially. I get a kick out of Rogers and Hart songs. We love Rogers and Hart. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ultimate twist of Richard Rogers, the most romantic of all the composers, and Lawrence Hart, who wrote the most heartbreaking lyrics, quite Absolutely, often. yeah. Like Little Girl Blue. In fact. Sit there, count your fingers, what can you do? You're through Sit there And count your little fingers Unlucky little girl blue So 
mine and you'll want me only after you've gone after you've gone away Hillary Gardner singing and Ehuda Sherry whipping out your fat chops or endeavoring to were you, being, were you channeling then just then on after I mean, you've gone well, uh, you know, what's one of the things I love about these old songs? They can go so many different ways. And, you know, I love jazz piano. And, uh, you know, I grew up in New York uh, playing bebop and Bud Powell and Thelonious Monk were really my first influences. But then I kind of went backwards. And, you know, those old tunes have that. There's something very open about them that they can they can be interpreted in so many different ways. You can play them in a more modern way, in an older way. Different tempos, different rhythms. Jazz, the continuum that is jazz is is remarkable in that way because I came into the music in the early 60s, Dave Brubeck, Art Blakey, Miles Davis, and I didn't listen to music before. Right. And then it was like several years into this music that I heard by chance the Hot Fives and Hot Sevens of Louis Armstrong, and I was like, wow, what is this? Yeah. Because it was farther out in many ways it seemed to me than what I was listening to completely I mean especially that stuff it's really it almost is avant-garde in a way those arrangements and it's they don't follow it doesn't follow conventional forms especially that older music you know it's kind of pre all that stuff was codified but I think it's you know the lineage is incredible because I mean I remember when I you know first started checking out James P and Fats and Willie the Lion Smith and those guys and then you really get into that and then you really oh yeah this is where you know Bud and Monk and these guys were coming from and oh it makes sense you know it's it's that's the foundation for that and it's like it's like you know Artadian that yeah inspired well, he's everything you, yeah. you can't play like yeah. him nobody can right. play like him even Oscar Peterson never of really course. could play like Artadian nobody also can play like Oscar Peterson sure but, but I mean there's that that it's that continuum, and now that connects then to you, Hillary, because I listen to Duchess, and I hear you doing these Boswell sisters songs from the twenties, and they're really hard, and I don't <laughs> think people get it because they sound very sweet and they sound simple, uh. and they're not. And and when you're singing with Duchess, you're singing these three part harmonies and articulating all the lyrics together really really fast (laughs) and it's frightening and i don't think most people realize how hard it is to do what you do to have all three of you able to do what you do well i mean i that old school showbiz thing i mean that's a good thing you never want the audience to have a sense of how hard you might be working uh but amy servini and melissa stiliano my uh my counterparts my duchess sisters you know they it's easier to sing and to 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 play with you know people are our chemical experiments when when you put us all together in different combinations and playing with Ehud is very organic and easy and singing with Amy and Melissa is very organic and easy. It's it's just very uh, it feels very natural. It seems almost I, I, it's almost like you have to stay in shape athletically to do to do you know you have to run run jog and whatever. Just you're to not keep, wrong. Yeah, 
keep yeah. your lungs up so you can actually pull this off. Yeah. Well, some of it too with Duchess, I mean, there's so many things to to remember, and uh, and it is very fast. There is a certain amount of just muscle memory you have to, and I'm sure that's true for you as a pianist in certain ways. Ehud, like some of the things that you practice, like you insist upon your body being able to execute certain things, and then you can trust your muscle memory to to show up when you need it to. So. What do you hear when she sings? What do you like about her singing? Let me put you on the spot, Ehud. Well, I mean, one thing I like is that uh, just to be able to sing a melody, that's an amazing feat, you know, and not not have to, you know, these songs are so great that they just, they can really stand alone just by being sang. And, you know, I'm not saying one can't embellish and change, but there is something just so beautiful in the purity and, you know, the simpleness of just a melody being delivered. Um, and kind of inhabiting the song, really. And uh, that's what I like about Hillary, you know, because then it really, um, you know, we're kind of in this world that, yes, it's a song, it's 32 bars, it's 16 bars, but within that world, we're really free, and we're free to create, you know, in many different ways, and it can go in a lot of different directions. I always tell singers, I said, if you can sing me one true note, you don't have to jump all up and down the scales and do all that cartwheeling vocally because to me that's just not exciting. But one true note can knock the wall down, can Absolutely. break your heart. You know? and so, so, so what is it about Ehud that makes you sing better? Ehud is one of the best musicians around. I mean, just he knows every tune, he can play in every key, but it's also that... I feel at once very, um, very supported and taken care of. I trust him completely, but I also can always count on him surprising me. He has, he's inexhaustible with his musical ideas. He, he has this incredible ability to always, you know, maintain the integrity of whatever he's playing, but also always, uh, make it fresh and new. And, and it's, you know, I think it's, it's very much like having a conversation or having a, a a friendship that's not musical, you know, you can, when you get comfortable talking with somebody, you can just speak very naturally. Conversation just flows and, and there'll be things that make you laugh and maybe you have an argument or maybe you debate ideas or, or maybe you just like share in the beauty of something, but you can trust one another to just have, have a really meaningful dialogue. And I feel like that's the case when we make music together. Meaningful, serious. We talk about classical chops and everything and then in the end it comes down to you're 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 all you're you're one of the sweetest and most charming singers the three of you like in duchess you're also very naughty besides <laughs> but i mean you really are it's all very entertaining and i appreciate that because i tell i also say look you got to have chops you got to sing in tune and you got to know what you're singing but there's showbiz in this and you all have that show business is Show business is powerful. Nobody comes to a show to hear about the performers' problems, you know. They come to a they come to a show to to be entertained and to have some kind of escape and hopefully, you know, have have a, a moment of beauty. So that's what we're trying to do. Let's have a moment of beauty. Entertain me. Here's uh, Hillary Gardner and Ehuda Sherion. Seems like old times. Having you to walk with Seems like old times Having you to talk with And it's still a thrill Just to have my arms around you I can actually hear 
the hat as you sing this from Annie Hall. The, one, the hat that she's wearing when she sings this. I, you can pull that off that hat. You can pull off that hat. You know, I went as Annie Hall for Halloween one year, and my husband, who is my own personal New York embodiment of Woody Allen, minus all the creepy stuff, went as, as Alvy Singer. <laughs> it's a nice way to figure it all out. <laughs> I want to hear... Um, you with Duchess, but it's interesting on each of your albums, there's always a solo. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the girls, the others, backing you up. Right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So why did you pick Hallelujah, I Love Her So? Well, um, I'd had a different tune in mind, and um, I just couldn't... It's one of those songs that I think I really had fallen in love with an arrangement of of this other tune more than the song itself, and, and it just wasn't working out. And Hallelujah was actually a song that, that we'd put on our uh, on our list of possible tunes for the future. So our producer suggested it as a solo tune, and I had just uh, coincidentally become familiar with Peggy Lee's version of that tune and, and thought, hot dog, this is the one. And it, it just fit like a glove, and we have a blast performing it. Hot dog, she's the one. don't think of Truman Capote as a lyricist, a songwriter, but uh, but uh, wrote the great songs with composer Harold Arlen for House of Flowers. We have to have one more. You're going to do another Rogers and Hart? We are. This is a, this is a tune of theirs that's, that's very funny. It's less heartbreaking and, and more hilarious. There's something, you know, sometimes in songs you like certain lyrics and just like a one phrase or something. Yeah. And sometimes this is a fragment. There's something about you're singing about a trick with a knife in this <laughs> song. It's one of the main things you can do and have. But you still love, you can have all of that. You can have my trick with a knife. <laughs> but anyway, and then some. Here's everything uh, she's got, he's got. I have eyes for you to give you dirty looks. I have words that do not come from children's books. There's a trick with a knife I'm learning to do. And everything I've got belongs to you. I'm going to curse you. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> That's where it all comes out. Hillary Gardner and Ehud Sherry, thanks for bopping by. Thank you so much. We had a blast. Singers Unlimited is produced for podcasts by Billy Robinson for WBGO Studios. Recordings engineered by Corey Goldberg. I'm Michael Bourne. Subscribe to the Singers Unlimited podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at WBGO.org. This has been a WBGO Studios production. 
To learn more about WBGO Studios' award-winning podcasts, special concerts, live streams, and more, visit wbgo.org slash studios.